1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
0: And, you know, at one point, it's probably like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we just stop. And I took some film at this point, and we just look at each other and we're like, what do we do, bro? Where are we? There's no signs of anything All you can see is fog, rocks, sheer cliffs, you can't see, like, ten feet past you. And we're like, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna die die out here. We looked at each other, we're laughing, but, you know, we're not really laughing. We're like laughing, but sadly laughing. So we're like, okay, let's just, let's just keep going.
2: Getting lost in the wilderness not knowing where you are, not having enough provisions to last much longer. This is the story we're going to hear today on the Homesteady Campfire. For as long as there have been people, there have been stories. And wherever you find a campfire... You'll find people telling them.
3: Every year, we would take a camping trip as a family. A campfire smell—it's it's like an instant signal.
2: It brings everybody together, telling stories. And, and at
3: the end of morning breakfast, he'd take that big cast iron skillet full of sizzling bacon grease.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some dude with a guitar shows up.
3: Story sharing laughter, and you know, sharing a marshmallows.
0: Roasting marshmallows. Oh, they were so good.
3: Marshmallows. There'd be this giant inferno. First thing in the morning, you know, we're all going to just be laughing (laughs) and enjoying each other's time. And, you know, it makes me think of, like, my dad's laugh.
2: To see a different side of life.
3: That's why I love campfires. That's why I love campfires. (laughs) That's why I love campfires.
2: You ready for a story? It's the homestead Campfire. Before we jump in today's story of survival in the wilderness, I want you to know who we're talking to. This is a good old friend of mine.
0: Hey guys, my name's Lewis. A.K.A.
2: Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou is actually a self-proclaimed title. One day he had the audacity to walk into the room and tell us all... From now on, call me Sweet Lou. That's what it was. And we laughed so hard. Like, yeah, right, dude. Like, we're going to call you Sweet Lou. And here we are, like, ten years later. Your
0: exact words were, nobody will ever call you Sweet Lou. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I just introduced you as Sweet Lou.
0: <laughs>
2: Sweet Lou is my oldest current so friend. here in the studio right now. And uh, I got my old buddy. Sweet Lou moved from Chicago to Connecticut right before he had graduated. And we became friends pretty quickly. He's a great guy, easy friend to have, always got a smile on his face. He's a city boy. He dresses sharp. He's always got a nice new pair of shoes on. Why do you think they call him Sweet Lou? All right, because he told him to. Living in the city isn't Sweet Lou's only difference in lifestyle from me. He's far from what I would refer to as any kind of homesteader, who Sweet Lou refers to me as a uh, redneck. <laughs> no, I do not. I call you backwoods. All right, backwoods. That sounds a little less derogatory. <laughs> He's definitely not backwoods. So we had him out to the farm, and we gave him a good country welcome. Of course, you know what we fed him. Say, hey, Ro, did you know that Sweet Lou's never had deer steaks? Why?
3: Why? <laughs>
0: On a scale of one to ten, how delicious is it? Ten is the
3: best.
0: Ten is the best, one is the worst.
3: Why's ten the best?
0: Because ten is a higher number. One more plate. Two hundred and thousand. Okay. Best.
2: So that's the best. My kids really like venison. You should tell Sweet Lou where this deer came from. Did you kill it? Daddy killed it. Daddy killed it with his car?
0: Did he run it over? With his bow. With
2: his bow? He took it to With his
0: bow staff?
2: Sweet Lou just asked if I killed the deer with my bow staff. Definitely not a country boy.
0: So, this is what Bambi takes, tastes like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's Bambi taste? Uh, Scrumptious. <laughs> Scrum it's really good. You are right. 200 million plus 50 it is.
2: That's the thing about Lou. He might be a city boy. He might have fancy shoes and a souped-up car. But he's not afraid to try something new, get out of his comfort zone. And that's what gets him into trouble. The other thing you have to understand about Sweet Lou, for as long as we've been friends... You know that friend that you have, it always seems like something is going wrong for them. And you just can't believe, story after story, what happens next? As they clumsily bumble through life, having one thing go wrong after another? Yeah.
0: You wouldn't believe half the things that they happened to me. I, I can't explain it.
2: There was a time that Sweet Lou, fully decked out in a suit and tie, was found playing in the snow.
0: But I slipped and I fell down the hill. And she sees me, you know, laying there in the snow, in my suit, crawling. She's like, what are you doing? Why are you playing in the snow? You're gonna ruin your suit.
2: And then the time that he almost got arrested for Grand Theft Auto. And I'm like, the cop's standing in front of me. Just tell me where your
0: registration is. So I look at the phone. I I took the truck from your house. You saw me take it from your driveway. (laughs) And the guy's like screaming at me, who are you? (laughs) And I realized I dialed the wrong phone number <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong guy
2: and even his forays into nature seemed to punish him with the same calamitous outcome
0: only me so as we're about to walk into Central Park I see all these pigeons up in up in the trees and we're walking in and I'm like guys wouldn't it be funny if like we I didn't even finish saying the sentence and a pigeon pooped on my face. <laughs> As I'm talking about how many diseases pigeon poop has, a pigeon literally took a dump on my face. See, it's just stuff like that always happens to me. I wasn't even done talking about it, and it happened to me. Worst date I've ever been on in my life. I don't believe in luck. But if I did, I'd have the worst luck in history.
4: (laughs)
2: Living such a calamitous life, you'd think Lewis would learn to avoid adventures and forays into dangerous places. But his spirit is never dampened. Kendra was checking our Instagram feed and she says, boy, Lou's going on some kind of adventure. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, oh, here we go. (laughs) If you have Instagram and you want to follow along through this journey of photos, you can follow LFVision underscore. That Sweet Lou's Instagram feed. And we're going to be talking about the pictures throughout the episode. If you want to follow along in the pictures, you're going to have to go back six weeks in his feed. That's when he started posting pictures from his trip. You're going to see a picture of a backpack and a bunch of gear.
0: Yeah, so this was uh, about two days before we went on our trip. It says, packing for our adventure and still laughing at the text from WiseRS 10 That's my buddy that went on the trip with me. Um, he goes... So this is basically wilderness, dude. There's bears, mountain lions, changing weather patterns. You could get lost and die out there. This is so exciting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and in this picture of the gear that he's taking into this wilderness survival, he has, first and foremost, his camera gear, which is, of course, most important. Of course. A, uh, a knife and flashlights, which I'm going to bet right now, You bought, like, that (laughs) day? Am I right?
0: Yeah, we hit good (laughs) balance that morning.
2: (laughs) Lou's not going into this adventure alone. He's planning on going with his friend Jonathan.
0: This is a couple days before Labor Day. And so he texts me. He's like, dude, what are we going to do on Monday? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's go to, like, Breakneck. Let's go hiking. And he's like, dude, we've been to Breakneck, like, a hundred times. And... That's basically the hardest hike you could do around here. It's called breakneck for a reason. It's not that hard. I mean, it's not that easy, but it's also not that hard once you've done it a few times. He texts me back like half an hour later. He's like, did you know that Mount Washington is the tallest mountain in the eastern seaboard? And I'm like, no, dude. How far is it? He's like, it's like six hours. We could totally do it. So I'm like, dude, let's do it.
2: Lou's always been one who's up for a last minute adventure. Back when me and Kendra were dating, I was going through a period of indecision and we broke up for a little while. Lou was there right away to give me a call and say, hey, dude, let's take the weekend, let's get your mind off things, clear your mind, and think straight. He knew that I needed to be with Kendra, but he didn't want to pressure me. He figured a trip away would help me figure that out. He said, let's go to Chicago this weekend. It was a Tuesday. I said, forget the weekend, let's go tonight. Sure enough, after work, he picked me up, called in sick for the rest of the week. I spent the next few days with Sweet Lou in Chicago, eating deep dish pizza, and contemplating my place in life. The following year, me and Kendra were married. So I don't know how much credit Sweet Lou gets for that, but he definitely played a part. Okay, we're skipping the next one. So the next trip, the next picture that I saw... Back to Sweet Lou's Instagram feed. Which is... Lou, sweet Lou, with his brand new backpack and gear. And he's gazing out into this enormous valley.
0: So I just took these pictures with my, with my camera phone. So I just put, you know, I was thankful to have that experience. Hashtag iPhone Pick.
2: Nice. He was thankful to have this experience. It was quite an experience, a life lesson. And this was the first picture he was able to post back in society. Later, Sunday night. He did not have any signal while on the mountain. The entire weekend, Lou and Jonathan were off the radar. Friends and family didn't hear from him when they were expecting to. They were supposed to be home Sunday afternoon. No sign of them. Lost in the wilderness. No one knew where they were, what they were up to, or how they were faring. And lots of people were worried. They were gone. And we're going to find out where they were after this break. This episode of Home Study is brought to you by rjsbeefarm.com Now, why would we be talking about bees on a backpacking episode? Well, did you know that honey never goes bad. That means that honey would be a great thing to put in a backpack along with your other snacks. Now maybe you don't want to bring a glass jar of honey, that wouldn't be good on a backpacking trip. But you could drizzle it over a bunch of granola or some nuts, make a bar out of it. Because honey never goes bad, it'll be good for you no matter how long you're out in the wilderness. That's just one of the facts that I learned about honey at rjsbfarm.com. If you want to get into bees, beekeeping, or just learn more about bees and honey, go to rjsbeefarm.com. You'll notice a spot to put your email address in. Sign up for Dane's newsletter. Dane is a great guy. He loves sharing advice and tips and information about bees and honey. And all of us need to help keep honeybees alive. And so all of us should be signed up to that email list. So go on over to rjsbeefarm.com, punch your name in the email list. And take a look around, see what you can learn about bees. And if you're looking for beekeeping equipment, buy all your beekeeping stuff from Dane. If you're a Homesteady Pioneer, you're going to get 10% off your beekeeping equipment. Go to thisishomesteady.com, become a pioneer, take advantage of that discount and many others. Now, back to the show.
0: Yeah, so um, we get there and we park. And we're like, well, we might as well have to sleep in the car. But we look outside and I literally have never seen so many stars my entire life. You just look up and there's so many lights. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I could say I actually saw like twinkling stars. Like you could see so clearly that they're kind of like blinking. And I saw four shooting stars in like an hour that we were out there. Never seen a shooting star in my life. Saw four that day. You just feel, like, so insignificant. Insignificant. We were planning on leaving, like, you know, first light. Seven o'clock, probably. I think we ended up getting up like at almost nine. There was people parked next to us. It was actually the parking lot was
2: full. So
0: we actually got a late start. But yeah, I guess we slept pretty good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that's a sign. Another sign. (laughs) Late start. So the morning of the hike, they've woken up late. They quickly throw themselves together and get ready for what is their first experience in actual mountain climbing. They've done a few quick hikes but they've never before experienced anything like this. Mount Washington is a very popular destination. In fact, in the summer, more than a quarter million people visit Mount Washington by car, train, or on foot. As summer turns into fall and then into winter, things get a lot more serious and a lot less visitors show up. Mount Washington is the northeast's tallest peak, and with that height comes some extreme weather. In the winter, it's weather conditions rival that of Mount Everest. Lewis and Jonathan visited in September, which you would think would still be a nice time of year to go and visit this mountain. And yet, the record low for September on Mount Washington was 9 degrees. And we're not talking centuries ago with the little ice age. This was in 1992. In fact, the normal daily minimum for September is 36, 36 degrees, just a few degrees above freezing. There's snow on the peak of Mount Washington year-round. Their boasting of the world's worst weather is no empty threat. And if you're like me, a local to New England, then you know Mark Twain's famous saying, if you don't like the weather in New England, just wait a few minutes. So in case all those weather stats didn't hit home, maybe this article from GearJunkie.com will. It has a list of the world's 10 most dangerous mountains. Number one, it's the 10th highest in the world, Annapurna, found in central Nepal. 53 people have died trying to make it. The fatality rate in this mountain is 41%. You'll find on the same list, K2, the Matterhorn, and coming in at number seven, Mount Everest. Everest claims 9% of its climbers. Scroll down to number eight. Right behind Mount Everest, you'll find Mount Washington. They describe it on gearjunkie.com. To experience a killer mountain a little closer to home, look no further than this New Hampshire peak. Rapidly shifting weather, hurricane force winds, and summer ice pellets scouring this slope have claimed more than 100 lives. Temperatures at the peak can descend to negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit. In fact, the strongest wind gust ever measured on Earth. Okay, pause. I'm going to repeat myself. The strongest wind gust ever measured on Earth, like the planet, was recorded on this peak, Mount Washington. The mountain that Sweet Lou and Jonathan have decided to try mountain climbing on for the first time. The first time ever in their life. Number eight most deadly mountains.
0: And we go off. We go to the Welcome Center. We wanted to get a map. So we go in the Welcome Center. I'm talking to a lady and I'm asking her what's the best route to take, what's, you know, any suggestions. So she tells us, okay, well, you guys are right here. You just go straight up. That's all you got to do. We're like, dude, we want to get like a real, like hardcore experience. Is there anywhere where you could just like freestyle? She's like, yeah, you could go like five miles down, there's another entrance, it's a different trail, and that, instead of going four miles straight up the mountain, it's like an eight-mile hike to the mountain, and then you climb the mountain, but you can basically camp anywhere along that. So we're like, yeah, that sounds like like a real adventure. So yeah, that the first bad decision of the trip right there. Don't go the straight way. No. Go the eight-mile like over. You have the mountain right in front of you, go up and down, and, you know... No, we your wanted beginners,
2: it's your first first mountaineering experience alone. You
0: about that? We wanted the real adventure.
2: Sweet Lou has a great friend named Renee. This guy's a rugged outdoorsman. Renee was not super thrilled to hear that Sweet Lou and Jonathan were headed to Mount Washington for their first big mountain experience.
0: Well I mean Renee was actually really worried about us going. He took us to Cabela's and he was like, buy this, buy that, you're gonna need this, you're gonna buy that.
2: So Renee guided them through their purchases. Like little, uh... They got stainless steel stainless bowls.
0: Stainless steel bowls that we could put on fire. Granola. We bought freeze-dried pastas. Candy. You know, we brought the water filters. He was actually really worried about us, so... You know, I I, I could tell that he, he had some doubts about our skills, right? <laughs> But I was like, dude. I mean, how hard could it be? It's just the mountain. It's hiking. It's so we we felt pretty confident. And we're like, don't worry about it. We got this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so our two adventurers leave the busy parking lot for the straight route, straight to the top. And they head for this other parking lot for the more hardcore route. They pull in. There's only one car
0: there compared to the other entrance. They had like <laughs> 200 cars. <laughs> Should have been the first sign. So we start the hike, you know, it's all laughs and giggles. We're talking about how awesome it's going to be, how easy it's going to be. We're just walking through the forest at this point. We're taking pictures. It's all good. And then we get to this little river, this creek, and the trail just kind of goes dead. We look at the map, the trail looks like it goes up along the river, but we don't actually see the trail. So we're like, well, let's just go up the river. You know, we, we both watch, you know, Man vs. Wild, Survivor Man. <laughs> we're pretty, you know, big history channel buffs or discovery channel buffs. So usually he, Bear Grylls says, follow the river downward, you're going to get to civilization. But like, if we go up, it's going up the mountain. Like, self-explanatory. So it
2: seems pretty simple. All they have to do is follow the river. And that's what they do. They head up the mountain by the riverside stumbling and tripping their way trying to get to the top
0: we're like man this is awesome like this is real right now we're climbing then you know first time i slip fall in the river (laughs) fall in the water a couple minutes later he falls in the water and you know pretty much we're soaking wet like an hour later (laughs) into this trip we're already soaking wet so we're climbing the river and Jonathan's like dude we've been on this river for two hours we haven't seen any bridges any signs and it's actually getting a little harder it's like getting really steep slippery we're falling in the water our shoes are soaking wet and and i'm like dude let's just let's stay on this for like a couple hours more if we don't find any signs we'll head back okay agreed. two more hours that way we have enough time to head back in case it gets dark and we're totally lost So, you know, we're climbing up, still falling. So perhaps
2: you've been in this situation before. You're out in the wilderness. Maybe you're doing a day hike, maybe something bigger, but you veered off the trail, and suddenly you realize that you're lost. You don't know where you're going. But there's some good advice. When you get that feeling like you're lost in the wilderness, stop. That stands for stop, think, observe, and plan. You're probably feeling nervous, amped up. Take a minute. Take a deep breath, and then start to think. Think about the last familiar place. Think about a way to get back there. Observe where you are. Observe where you're headed and where you've been. And of course, then make a plan and stick to it. This is kind of what Sweet Lou and Jonathan did. They stopped, assessed their situation. They decided to press forward. This is not the suggested method when feeling lost in the wilderness. Pressing forward blindly is something that can get you even more lost and in bigger trouble.
0: We're still lost, no signs of people, no trails, no bridges, nothing. And right before we get to the two-hour mark, there was uh, like this marker. It was like a pile of rocks formed in like the shape of a triangle. And he's like, dude, that's a sign. So we're like, thank God, we're back on the trail. So now it starts to get really steep. At this point, we're climbing almost like vertically. We're going up and we climbed for probably like another three hours. So it's five o'clock in the afternoon. We've been climbing, you know, probably seven hours already. And dude, my legs just gave out. I got a cramp in one leg. My leg just stiffened up, started shaking. And I'm just like, oh, you know, I've had these before when I'm playing soccer. You know, you just gotta gotta take a breather because it's horrible. So I get in my right leg, we stop, you know, I stand there for a few minutes and five minutes later My left foot, my left leg cramps up. Both legs at the same time Calves, my hamstrings, just like quads, everything is like shaking in pain And I'm like dude, we're camping right here. We cannot, I cannot take another step white collar job you know I work for a hospital in the finance department so you know in front of a computer sitting down for eight hours a day but you know I'm thinking yeah I'm not very active at work but I don't take the elevator you know I I take the stairs Um, I have my Fitbit so I'm always trying to get as many steps as I can but I play soccer every Sunday you know I try to jog whenever I can after work you know I've been hitting the gym lately so, you know, I'm in pretty good, decent shape. I'm, you know, I'm good. What's hiking? You know, it's like just walking, you know? So the first thing Jonathan says to me as, you know, my legs are cramping up, he's like, dude, I thought you said you run like every day. I was <laughs> just like, shut up. This is different.
2: So Lewis and Jonathan decide it's time to set up camp.
0: So granted, this whole time, seven hours, we've been walking with like 25-pound backpacks, you know, on our back, climbing. 90 degree rocks this whole time so it felt so good to finally rest for a little bit and we're like dude first thing we gotta do is set up a fire well we have light let's try to set up a fire so we're like cool he he had his little flint that he bought at cabela's um so we get some dry wood some i actually have video (laughs) of this we get some twigs some dry wood you know he starts you know scratching his flint you know (laughs) Nothing's happening, and I'm like, man, I thought this was supposed to be, like, instantaneous. No, this is harder than it here. How are we supposed to kick our, cook our fettuccine alfredo? here? So I'm like, hold on, I got some toilet paper. What? So I get some toilet paper, we put it in the middle of the pile.
2: You guys didn't practice the flint before you know. <laughs> no, it's the first time. And
0: I'm like, dude, who would have thought toilet paper's not all that flammable? <laughs> um, so then I'm like, don't worry, bro, I, I I planned ahead. I have a lighter. So I pulled the lighter out, and the toilet paper still wouldn't catch on fire. <laughs> like, what in the world? So finally we get like we get a fire going. So you know, half an hour, we're like, not bad for our first try. We got fire going, we're fe- we're feeling pretty good with ourselves.
2: Having never practiced starting a fire with a flint or in the wilderness finally our two explorers get the fire going
0: this was one of the things that renee told us to buy was this little multi-tool that actually had a little hacksaw in it um so he pulls that out best hundred bucks ever spent i'm so glad he bought that so with this little like three inch hacksaw
2: sweet lou and jonathan gather all the wood that they need it wasn't easy
0: Granted, it took us a while just sitting there hacking away at a tree with a 3-inch hacksaw. And dude, that saved our life. We kept that fire going all night with that firewood. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> we wouldn't have thought about that. $100 multi-tool with a hacksaw. Definitely a must-have for a hiking trip.
2: It's been a long day. They've put a lot of effort forth. And they've made pretty good progress. They're not as far as they were hoping. In their minds, they were only a couple hours away from the summit and making it back down the next day. It was time to sit and have some dinner. If you've ever been on a long hike or spent a long time outdoors, working hard, maybe camping, maybe hunting, you know how good that meal is when you get back. They're usually not very fancy. Sometimes they come out of a bag. But the feeling is usually the same across the board.
0: In the first night we had chicken a la king, dude, best meal of my life. I cannot tell you how good that tasted.
2: How many of us have shared that chicken a la king mountain house over a campfire looking up at the stars and thought the same thing? When you take us out of our element, out of our comfort zone, and you put us in a place that's hard, that's harsh, we become a lot more appreciative, a lot less critical. They say that hunger is the best seasoning. I think Mountain House really has that going for them.
0: Dude, best meal of my life.
2: (laughs) So they got their fire going. They're enjoying dinner but they're about to get some really bad news from an unexpected source. What's this bad news? We're going to find out after these messages. Sweet Lou's buddy, Renee, showed them what equipment they needed to get for their trip. One of those pieces of equipment, the tool that they used to get their firewood, was a Leatherman multi-tool. I have a Leatherman multi-tool on me at all times, A man without a knife will be a man without a life, right? And Lou saw how good that multi-tool was, being able to pull out that little saw when he needed it. If you go to Cabela's and buy it, you're going to pay an arm and a leg. I have got a sweet hookup for you guys. Head on over to thisishomestudy.com. You'll notice this episode on the front page. Click on it. Next, you're going to see at the top of the page a link for nwsupply.net's Leatherman selection. Click on that link. It's going to take you over to nwsupply.net's online store, where you can buy a bunch of different tools and equipment, but most importantly, Leatherman. Pick the one that you want. If you're looking for a good model, there's two models that I really like. I've been using the Leatherman Surge for my day-to-day stuff. It's a really great multi-tool, good knife, good pair of pliers. I also like the OHT, that's the one hand tool really nice when you're out in a tree stand or you're out on the farm and you got only one free hand, you're doing something with the other, climbing a tree or holding a fence or a goat back. Uh, So head on over to thisishomesteady.com. On this episode, you're going to see the link. At the checkout, you're going to want to put in the coupon code HOMESTEADY. HOMESTEADY Pioneers, you guys get an even sweeter deal. You get 15% off the Leatherman. That's like at cost. And I'll send you the code in the Pioneer Library. You can find that code. And finally, uh, we're going to give away one of these Leatherman knives ourselves. If you want to win that Leatherman knife, just go and join the email list. Somebody on our email list is going to get an email saying, Hey, you won the knife. Go to thisishomesteady.com, join the email list, and you could have a free knife. If you don't win the free knife, go on over to nwsupply.net and pick up a knife 10% off. Just use the code homesteady.
0: So we're sitting there; it's probably like six, seven o'clock, and this couple starts climbing down the, climbing down the mountain. And I'm like, "Oh, dude! So like, how far are we from the top?" And he's like, "No, man, you're you're really close. You're probably like a mile, mile and a half from the top." And I'm like, "Awesome! So we'll be at the top of Mount Washington in the morning." And, and they just look at us like. He's like, "No, nah, mate." It's like, "I'm like, what? That's Mount Washington up there, right?" He's like, "No, no, no. This is Mount Madison." And I'm like, "Oh. So where's Mount Washington? It's about 8 miles that way. You're like three mountains off. So it's Mount Madison, Mount Jefferson, Mount Washington." So we were off by about eight miles. Or
2: two mountains. Or two
0: mountains. (laughs) You know, whichever way you want to look at it.
2: Lou and Jonathan's plans now have to change. They're on the wrong mountain, and to get to the right one, it's going to take a long hike across three mountaintops. One of the most important things that you can do when heading off into the wilderness is to make a plan, stick to that plan, and make sure someone back home is familiar with that plan, so they know when to be looking for you, when to count on you showing up back home safe and sound.
0: The plan was that at the top of Sweet Mount Washington, Sweet Lou had Washington, a plan, an and
2: he had told his mom and Jonathan's that plan. The original idea was that Saturday morning they were going to start their hike. They were going to get close to the top of Mount Washington and camp out. Early the next morning, they'd wake up, summit, visit the observatory, snap a few pictures, and then hop on the bus from the observatory all the way back down and make it home on Sunday by like 4 o'clock. Now this plan was starting to fall apart.
0: If anything, yeah, we're lost, but I mean, we're camping, we got a fire going, we just ate some chicken a la king, and look at this view. You can't complain. And, you know, the time flew by. Before we knew it, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, starting to get cold. So we're like, dude, let's go to bed. And we'll get up first thing in the morning. Midnight, Jonathan's like, starts like waking me up. So he shakes me and I'm just like, what? And he's like, dude, there's somebody outside. (laughs) there's someone outside. It's like midnight, it's pitch black. And he's telling me that there's somebody outside. I'm just like, I'm a little panicked at the moment. He's just like, what do we do? And I'm just like, shut up, stop (laughs) talking. (laughs) Like, stop talking, don't make noises. Like, I just wanna hear what's going on. So we're just both sitting there looking at each other. It's still pitch black, except we could see a little light from our fire going, but we hear voices and you know, it's getting closer and we're hearing footsteps and more noises. Who in their right mind is climbing in the mi- pitch black in the middle of the night and it's like drizzling, it's raining. So we're like, we're about to like meet like a serial killer or something, some like escaped convict. I got the pocket knife open, like ready. I'm just like, I don't care. I'm going out like swinging. So we're just sitting there and then more voices come in. It's more than one person. And it's like and then we realize it's like a group of people hiking at midnight. In the middle of the night, they're hiking. They're like, Well, let's just keep going up. We're almost at the top. We'll get our bearings when we get to the top. You know, we sa a sigh of relief. Like, you know, when he first woke me up, I'm either thinking it's either a bear or it's a serial killer. But either way, I don't want to meet either one of those things. So you Okay, know,
2: if you had to pick, which would you pick?
0: I mean, I don't that's a tough. Probably like serial killer. I think we'd have better odds with a serial killer. <laughs> I had my knife, I had my pepper spray. It's two against one. Now, I didn't have a sleeping bag, but I did bring a blanket. So I have a little blanket, I have my North Face jacket on. I had a sleeping bag with me um, in the car, but I'm just like, dude, this backpack is so heavy as it is. I have my tripod hanging off the side, got my camera. I'm just like, forget that sleeping bag. We got a tent, we're good. I got my jacket. He didn't have a blanket or anything. He just had his clothes that he brought. So he wakes me up and he's like, dude, it's freezing and the fire's about to go out. Let's go start the fire again.
2: So in preparation for their trip up Mount Washington with temperatures that are gonna be reaching close to the 30s or even below, they decide pack all the camera gear leave the sleeping bag in the car.
0: And It was was very cold. I looked at the the weather, and it was like 30 degrees. And now it's like 3 in the morning, and we're like, dude, let's just have breakfast. Like, I'm hungry.
2: So to help them warm up and make it through the rest of the night, they wake up at 3.30, make breakfast, and then they head back to bed. They want to get up nice and early so they can have an early start on the long day of hiking they have across three mountains. But just like day one... They wind up sleeping in
0: wake up super bright total sunlight and i'm like what time is it it's like 9 30 in the morning again <laughs> day two we overslept so you know we scramble we get up we and we start hiking up this mountain and we get to the top bro it, it was really you know it was like an awesome experience like we felt like Rocky, so I actually took a picture of Jonathan with his hands up, like, at the top. So of Mount Madison. Of uh, Mount Madison. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the top. It wasn't what we planned, but we made it to the top.
2: If those people hadn't told you, you would have thought you were at the Yeah, top. we'd
0: be like, dude, you're
2: awesome. I summited Mount Washington.
0: <laughs> In your face, Mount Washington.
2: <laughs> so now they begin their hike to Mount Washington. And they have to get a move on, because they're counting on making the shuttle... And they have to make it by 4 o'clock because that's when the last shuttle leaves. That egg meal that they had at 3 in the morning, that was the last of their food. They were not prepared for another day of hiking. And they certainly weren't prepared for another night.
0: And, you know, at one point, it's probably like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we just stop. And I took some film at this point.
2: Okay. We started off over there. This one particular video, when they pull out the and map did we want to go? and start to make sense of what happened, you can see the sense of defeat start to creep in. <laughs> They're holding up a map. <laughs> Lou asked Jonathan, long how long will it take to. us to get to where we want to go? Eight
0: miles. And that's the top of the they're eight and miles
2: away which might not sound like much but remember this is eight miles on one of the top 10 most deadly mountains in the world
0: and we just look at each other and we're like what do we do bro where are we but there's no signs of anything all you can see is fog rocks sheer cliffs You can't see, like, (laughs) 10 feet past you. Dude, you, like... What did we do, dude? (laughs) We're gonna die out here? Dude, what did we do? (laughs) We gotta go. Dude, I don't see any civilization anywhere. Because we're
2: in the middle of two mountains,
0: dude. (sighs) That's Mount Washington over there. We looked at each other, we're laughing, but, you know, we're not really laughing. We're like laughing, but sadly laughing. I mean, I knew we'd make it out eventually. I, really, I didn't think we'd really die out there, but just a little scared. Just like we're out of food. We're out of everything. We've already spent a night and I don't want to spend another night out there. So we're like, okay, let's just let's just keep going. So we finally get to the base of Mount Washington. Oh
2: man, you guys aren't even at the.
0: We're not climbing Mount Washington. This is on our way to Mount Washington. We finally get to the base, probably like three o'clock. And you know the 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 bus leaves at four, and it's weird because where we're at is actually really sunny. The day actually already cleared. It's really hot at this point we just look up and all you can see is mountains as far as you can see up and then at the top you see clouds and fog and we're like that's where we gotta go (laughs) we're just like oh my god so we're climbing up mount washington um up just these boulders and rocks and and just for some reason, I'm just like, maybe I shouldn't be behind Jonathan. Let me move to the side of him. I just had this feeling, I, nothing really, no thought process, I'm just like, I'm climbing behind him, but you know, maybe I wanna move a little faster. So I move to the right and I start climbing and now we're climbing side by side. F- about five minutes after I move from behind him to the side of him, he slips or something, a rock moves, and he starts like a rock slide. And like All these rocks start falling down And he jumps off and grabs up to a big boulder And these rocks start falling down And it didn't last very long It probably lasted like 30 seconds But these big boulders just rolled down And I'm just like That would have been my face If I was behind him Those would have hit me and killed me And I would have just fell off And just rolled back down the mountain Oh man I, I literally could have died right there It's almost four o'clock, so you know we are like we're not gonna make it. Obviously, we're not gonna make it. So let's just take our time, get there safe, and you know we'll figure something out at the top.
2: When when you're out there, do you guys have cell signal or anything?
0: No cell. We haven't had signal for the past two days. You know, since we got to the parking lot, I lost cell signal, so we don't have cell signal. Sunday four o'clock in the afternoon no one's heard from us we're obviously not back home haven't texted anybody and we're still here so you know later on I found out that everybody was panicking both their moms were panicking Rene was freaking out he was actually about ready to get in his truck to come find us he was like those these guys are lost I gotta go find them and his his wife didn't let him. She's like, "You, what are you gonna do? You can't just go through the mountain searching for them. You, there's nothing you can do." Finally made it to the top. Let me see if I have a picture of the top. I made it to the top of Mount Washington. It is extremely cold. Journey. Two days, about 12 miles to mountains. I'm ready for a cheeseburger. The, the weather instantly changed. Like I told you, the whole day it's been sunny, it's been hot. We get to the top, it goes from like 70 degrees to like 20. Fog. When I tell you it was insanely foggy, it was just pure whiteout. You You can't see like ahead of you more than a couple feet And then we finally see the observatory and you know, I make a final little video and I'm like Everyone said we'd die, but we made it I don't want to say that this is the only reason I went on this hike But one of the biggest things was that I wanted to take a picture at the top of the mountain mad epic scenery landscape we get to the top, get to the observatory, get to the section where it's, you know, you could see the whole valley and you cannot see anything. Not, you can't see like a. F- if you put your hand out in front of you, you couldn't see it because of so much fog. Still trying to take pictures, even though you can't see anything, I'm still taking pictures. We thought the observatory closed at four, but it actually closed at five. So we bought some tuna sandwiches. Some Doritos. I bought like three bottles of Gatorade. We haven't eaten like all day. We were out of food since three o'clock in the morning. We've been hiking, you know, fifteen miles all day. We just hiked six thousand feet. We're starving. We buy our food and then we asked, you know, oh so did the bus leave already? They're like, Yeah, the last bus left. So Jonathan goes up to, the, you know, the guy there. He's like, "Well, you guys kind of you guys work here, so I'm assuming you guys have to drive up and down. Do you think we could, you know, give you guys some money and if you guys could give us a ride down the mountain, we'd really appreciate it." What what are you supposed to say to this guy? We got lost. We hiked, we camped out there. We we haven't eaten, we just bought some food. Can we get a ride down the mountain?" And he's like, "Yeah, um Uh, Yeah, your best bet's gonna just be to walk down the mountain and you got like an hour and a half left of daylight So you probably don't want to hang around here too long. You should probably, you know, start walking right now. Oh man, was Jonathan mad. (laughs) I've never seen him so mad in my life. So we're like, well, let's just start walking and maybe we'll try to hitchhike. So we get out the, the observatory. As soon as we start walking down this road, there's a huge sign that says no hitchhiking. (laughs) And it says hitchhiking strictly prohibited. I thought I'd have a victory moment when I took an epic picture at the top. And when I didn't have that, I honestly felt like the whole trip was like in vain. Like that's, that's why I came here. I got lost. I've got cramps in my legs. I can barely feel the soles of my feet. I've been in wet socks for the past 24 hours and we just ate like a day old tuna sandwich and now they're kicking us out. <laughs> like, so I'm just like all this and I can't even get a decent picture of Mount Washington and you know the view. But, you know That's why people come up here to the observatory.
2: Oh, you can still hear it in his voice even weeks after he's really disappointed he loves photography it's his passion and he climbed this whole mountain with this image in his head that when he got to the top he would take this beautiful panorama and he could frame it he could put it up in his house I couldn't help but think how true this is with life We go to our job every day. We do our routine. A lot of us aren't happy with that day-to-day routine. But what keeps us going is a hope, a dream, something big on the horizon that we're looking forward to and we prepare for, we work towards. We we can see what that's going to be like. It's almost like we can feel it. And yet, sometimes we spend so much effort trying to reach that goal. When we finally made it there, It doesn't look like what we expected, and we're too tired to really enjoy it. I've had plenty of those times on my own homestead. Farming has become very romanticized. It's a dream, and when you're standing there with a couple of chickens in a coop collecting your first eggs, you feel like you want to jump in, raise everything yourself, live off the land completely. But then things happen. Times where I'm out in the woods trying to find a goat that's gotten out for the third time, or I'm out in the pouring rain soaked to the bone and cold trying to fix a broken fence. Times where a harvest that's much looked forward to fails, or where I'm mourning the loss of an animal that I loved. It's times like these where you feel like sweet Lou, standing on top of Mount Washington, wide angle lens in hand with fog, as far as the eye can see. We can take a lesson from Sweet Lou. He's a guy who's dealt with letdown in his life. The craziest things happen to this guy, stories you'd never believe, but he's always got a smile on his face, and maybe that's because of the life that he lives. He grew up without a father, his mom worked really hard, provided for him, took care of him. He left high school and got right to work. He's gone on a series of different jobs that haven't worked out. Working in the mortgage industry right before the big crash. And then now moving on to healthcare. We'll see how that goes. He's been engaged and left at the altar twice. And yet the guy's always got a smile on his face. When we finally get to where we're going, even if it doesn't look as pretty as we thought that it might, we need to take a moment Consider how many mountains it took to get there. And then... Get ready for the long walk home.
0: And then you have a 10-mile walk down this curvy mountain with no, like... Barrier. It's just like mountain, cliff, 7,000 feet. And as hard fall. as they
2: tried, they missed the shuttle by an hour. And so now Sweet Lou and Jonathan had to spend the entire rest of the evening into the late hours of the night walking down this curvy mountain road in the pitch black. It was a long walk. Lou said they hardly spoke at all, just saw the bobbing of their headlamps. When they finally reached the bottom, they got in the car.
0: It was like the most relief I've ever felt in my entire life when we opened the car, took the backpack off, took my shoes off, and just sat.
2: After resting for a few minutes, they hopped in the car, drove to the nearest inn, and were out cold for the rest of the night. They never made it to work the next day. Now, let's be honest. When you review the whole story, nothing really awful happened. They got lost, they ran out of food, but they made it back safe and sound. But They were only a couple more mistakes away from something pretty bad happening. They had gotten lost one more time and not made it to that mountain road with enough light to see where they were going. They would have had another night with no food. This time, they'd have been a lot worse off. That's the thing about wilderness survival. No matter how far into the wilderness you are, if you're lost and you're not prepared, you're in trouble, no matter where you are, no matter how close you were to catching the shuttle. I wondered, looking at this story, how did Lou really do? Was he crazy? Did he make the worst mistakes he could have? Is he someone I should never go hiking with? Would you go hiking with sweet Lou after hearing this story? If you're a longtime listener of Home Study, you know we like to take the end of the episode to break down the subject and give it a thumbs-up or a thumbs-down. I figured I'd call in some experts They could review this story, listen to everything that happened to Sweet Lou and Jonathan, and then give Sweet Lou a thumbs-up or a thumbs-down. Did he do a good job? Is he someone worth hiking with in the future? Or is a trip with Lou asking for a death sentence? I decided I'd call up Josh and Heather From the first 40 miles podcast. It's a podcast that's designed for beginners to get into the world of adventure and hiking, mountain climbing. It it was a funny moment when I emailed you about this story and uh, I emailed about (laughs) Mount Washington. To me, an East Coaster, like Mount Washington is... Everybody knows Mount Washington. It's Mount Washington. It's the biggest mountain in the East Coast. (laughs) And you guys were like, oh yeah, which one was that again? (laughs) Josh and Heather live in Oregon. Their home is actually surrounded by five volcanoes. But Heather assured me, don't worry, only one of them is active. Heather and Josh met while going to school in Oregon, and they hit it off right away. silly stuff like chalk drawing, sidewalk chalk. That's
4: right. Uh, Yeah, Um, the two of us grew a garden together in, in the backyard of the house that I lived in.
3: Yeah, we like to sit around the piano and play songs and sing together.
2: They had a lot in common. They did a lot of things together. But there was one hobby that they weren't on the same page with. And I loved going hiking, of course, so I took Heather on this hike.
4: It was a few months after we met. Uh, And I was like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's a 10 miles round trip, something like that. You know, you go up a few thousand feet to these lakes. And I have this picture of Heather at the end of the hike where she just looks completely haggard.
3: It was was rough. I was not uh, a, a hiker like Josh was. I was more of a walker, like... I did family walks through the forest, yeah. but he's a kind of a hardcore hiker.
4: Yeah, so we get back at the end of that hike and it's like already getting dark. Um, finally making it dip back down to the trailhead. We drive back to my house and Heather just crashes. <laughs> and so I cooked up some dinner, I made some fried rice. And, uh, and so I don't she says that that's like the best meal she ever had. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's exactly the reason that Lou loved that mountain house chicken king <laughs>
2: she was so worn out so that it just felt so good to have that food this isn't the only thing that heather and sweet lou have in common you see heather has not always been a rugged mountain adventurist at least not like she is now in fact for about 16 17 years of their relationship josh went hiking alone or with his kids heather would stay home
3: i wasn't really supportive i didn't enjoy camping i didn't know how to go backpacking i had never been backpacking and so i didn't understand this this itch or this drive Mm. or this you know huge gap in josh's life i had no idea
2: but josh was able to convert her into the perfect hiking partner
4: it wasn't some secret plan I had or, yeah. or some longing, like, oh, I'm going I have to, say, to change her. Josh but... did
3: poison me by degrees. He uh, started out, <laughs> you know, doing these little walks with our family. Every Sunday, he always said, hey, do you want to go on a walk? We always went to the most beautiful places. He found little trails, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that. And then uh, we planned this trip to Yellowstone, and we were like, well, guess it's time to maybe update some camping gear and so we did that and we went on some practice camping trips and the whole time he was just always very you know supportive and saying what what do you need to be comfortable and what what can we do to make this a great experience and so you know little by little there were I just kind of had this I had these great experiences and um
2: During the interview I had with Josh and Heather, I jokingly referred to what he did as playing the long con. He masterfully took his wife, someone who had had one really bad hiking experience and now didn't want to go on hike ever again. Over a period of 17 years, he slowly brought her into his hobby, into his world, to the point now where she is the host of a hiking podcast. Well done, Josh. If you have a significant other that, isn't as excited about homesteading, or farming, or maybe hunting or fishing, whatever your hobby is that you want to get your significant other into, the rest of this interview can be found in the Homesteady Pioneers Members Only Library, and it is an excellent lesson in how to take someone you love and slowly, we're talking like 17 years slowly, introduce them to the world that you love and which they don't. And how to make a real success out of that. Become a pioneer and you can hear the whole podcast there. Go to thisishomesteady.com, click on Pioneer, and you'll have access to that episode and all the other bonus episodes that the pioneers get. But now, how was Heather like Sweet Lou? Well, you see, over these 17 years, she kind of was slowly, slowly dipping her toe into the water. And then, finally, she jumped. And then the moment came
4: one week before I was to leave on the trip. We were at someone's wedding reception, and the guy leading my group, uh, he like, just came up to Heather, and he was like, so, do you want to go next week?
2: Next week, Josh and a group were taking a serious trip into the mountains for a whole week. This was a real adventure hike.
4: And I don't know what happened, but it was just like this, I don't know, how do you describe it?
3: I don't know what happened either, but I just, I don't, it was like this, something inside just lit up and I was like, yes, yeah, of course I want to go, I didn't know that I could go, yeah, then I'm going. (laughs) And like that night we got babysitting arranged, we got everything figured out, we were all set
2: one week before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nuts. That's awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess Sweet Lou and I maybe have a little bit of uh, kindred spirit there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Sweet Lou, you're not the only person who waits last minute to jump into the adventure. But here's the thing. When you jump into the world of mountain hiking adventure, as a beginner, sometimes we can look at the wrong thing. You see, I asked Josh and Heather to come on the show and give us some beginner advice. Their podcast is designed to get beginner hikers interested and equipped to go out into the wilderness. Every week they share a top five list. Some weeks it's top five ways to start fire, uh, top five ways to purify your water. I figured they'd come on and share with us maybe top five tips for a beginner. But Josh pointed out that a lot of times beginners are looking at the wrong thing. They may be so focused on their gear or the weight of their backpack or the style of tent they're going to use that they forget kind of the big picture. For
4: most trips that you go on, you can probably cross off about half of the items on that list. Well, if you're brand new to backpacking, how do you know which half to cross off? How do you know that it's not the sleeping bag that you leave in your trunk? (laughs) It should be the tripod that you leave in your trunk. (laughs) They're both on the list. (laughs) Yeah
3: you're so new at some so having someone who knows who's been a few steps ahead of you, maybe has been on a few more trips than you have is really helpful having that experience under their belt. They'll they'll know when to turn back. They'll know that that noise that you hear outside your tent is not a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and they can really help you to have a much better experience your guys
2: advice is so much focused on your partner josh has lucked out he's groomed the perfect partner over 17 (laughs) years (laughs) um so what should they be looking for in a a hiking adventure partner believe it
4: or not we think lou would be a great partner might sound kind of (laughs) funny but like there are some great reasons to go backpacking with lou
2: heather and josh are going to share with us Top five reasons why they think you should look for a hiking partner, if you can't get Sweet Lou himself, someone very similar. So let's let's jump in, guys. Number one reason why Sweet Lou would be a good pick, despite all the face palm moments.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Sweet Lou just has an infectious, positive attitude. And really, despite some of those really harrowing circumstances, he came out on top. And it's all because of his positive attitude. And even when he talked about the experience, he was thankful for the opportunity that he had to have this hike. This is so important because when you're out in the woods, when you're experiencing nature, if you look for it, there are some things to complain about. I mean, the weather is not going to be 70 degrees and windless like it is in your own house. You're going to have... Lots of variables out there. And so if you can have someone who can just enjoy nature for what it is, then I think you'll really see the beauty. Trait number
2: one, positive spirit.
4: So the number two reason to go backpacking with someone like Lou is his resilience. He doesn't necessarily have all those backpacking specific skills, but he has some life skills that apply so well to backpacking. And so he's been through some rough times, some big challenges, and he's got that resilience built into him, that tenacity and kind of the ingenuity, like, let's think out of the box and we're going to do this. You know, and oftentimes with backpacking, you think, oh, it's about, uh, you know, how to light a fire or how to pitch a tent and all those skills definitely help. (laughs) They make for a pleasant experience. He can pick up all the backpacking skills. That's easy. But there's these underlying attributes like resilience. Lou has that.
2: Trait number two to look for, resilience.
3: Well, number three reason to be friends with sweet Lou or have a hiking partner just like him is that he attracts good people. For example, he reached out to Renee for help. Um, he also didn't hike alone. He hiked with Jonathan, which is, I think, the number one most important thing that he did. He he could have gone out alone. He could have done this trail by himself, but um, but he took a friend with him, and he took the right friend with him, someone who could really put in the miles and be a support to him, even though they were going through some really kind of unpleasant stuff and frustrating moments. Um and then of course he has Austin to help him to share his story. So having friends that attract good people um it just kind of widens your circle of friends and you end up meeting some of the most amazing people along the way.
2: I was, were you guys surprised that nobody gave him a ride down?
3: You know, yeah, I was kind of surprised. Although hikers are also known for being very smelly. And Mm -hmm. so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Number three, look for a person who attracts good people and isn't afraid to ask and receive help.
4: Number four is that with Lou, it's okay to try something that you have no idea how to do and just go out and try it. One of the things that we try to focus on on our backpacking podcast is, is it's aimed at people who have never gone backpacking before who want to try it out. And our message over and over is that you can do this. You can go on your first backpacking trip and and you don't have to know everything before you go. And in fact, I, I think in many ways it's an easier hobby or sport to pick up than a lot of other uh, sports like, say, basketball or football or, or things like that. Um, you do need some equipment, but you can get out there on the trail, and you'll learn as you go, but you'll have a great experience just being out in nature. And so Lou was willing to just get out there, and he didn't let uh, like a lack of knowledge get in the way.
2: The number four thing you're looking for? Someone who's not afraid to jump, even if everything doesn't go right.
3: Yeah, and next time he goes, he'll get that perfect shot that we're all dying to see yeah. because we know he's been at the top, and he didn't get the shot, so now he's got to go back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he'll be listening to the podcast. You all guys.
3: right, Sweet Lou, we're waiting for that perfect shot from the top of Mount Washington.
2: All right, Lou, you got to deliver on that now. You've been challenged. <laughs> now you got
4: to hike it. You can't take the shuttle to the top.
2: Um, <laughs> number five, the final on the list, why is Sweet Lou the person you want to go hiking with?
3: My mom used to always say, either you'll have a great experience or you'll have a great story. It sounds like Sweet Lou is the perfect person to be with to have great stories.
2: <laughs>
3: yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's for sure. So according to Josh and Heather, Sweet Lou gets the official home study thumbs up. If you're looking for a good hiking partner, look no further than Sweet Lou. He's a guy who combines all of those traits. And that's why he's never afraid to say yes to another last minute adventure. I think he kind of sums it up best in his own words.
0: But all in all, you know, it it was fun. I wish we hadn't gotten lost, but you know, as usual, it gave me an awesome story for my friends to make fun of. And (laughs) you know, we did it. So even though I don't have like an epic picture from the top like I wanted to, I still, you know, I have that experience, I have those memories I, you know, I wouldn't really trade it for anything. I think, I think, um, if anybody reads the comments on that last picture, I think we, you and I had a conversation where I said, a story of my life, bro, people wouldn't believe half of the things that happened to me. And then you reply, I believe it all. I know you, <laughs> I know you too well. <laughs> Oh, basically, story of my life.
2: A very special thank you to Josh and Heather of the First Forty Miles podcast. If you want to learn a lot more about backpacking, if this episode inspired you to get out and hit the road, uh, go to the First Forty Miles on iTunes. That's four zero. Or search Backpacking or Hiking in iTunes, and they'll come up at the top. Also, thanks so much to Sweet Lou. Bro, you've always been a great friend. You've always got me out of hard times, including this last month, where I was experiencing my first real writer's block with Homesteady, which I'm sure a lot of you could tell. I know this isn't really the usual topic that we talk about on this show, but I thought about the show's slogan, The road is rocky, make homesteady. And I know we like to focus on our homesteads and our farms, but I figured we all love a life outdoors, a life of adventure. And as much as we like to be home, sometimes we do take to the road. And when we do, we want to make sure that we're just as prepared with the skills, the equipment, and as we now know, most importantly, the friendships to get us through right on back to our home. So, Sweet Lou, as usual, thanks for a great story and being a great friend. If you want to follow Sweet Lou on more of his adventures, go to Instagram, LFVision underscore. And until next time, remember, the road is rocky. Make homesteady. Okay, you've listened to the end of the episode. It's time for a special announcement. This is a reminder, the Pioneers program is going up November 1st. It will no longer be $3 a month. Currently, for $3 a month, you get discounts on all our sponsors' gear, which includes this month, the Leatherman. You get extra episodes of Home Study. In fact, one new episode of the podcast every month. And you get access to all our classes, all our videos, all that stuff for just $3 a month. It's an incredible deal. But November 1st, that is going away. And there's going to be some changes the program. If you get in there now, pause what you're doing, go on to thisishomesteady.com, become a pioneer. It's only $3 a month, and it will only ever be $3 a month for the lifetime of your membership. As long as you continue to be a pioneer, you'll get it for $3 a month, and you'll get all that stuff, all the classes, all the extra podcasts, all the videos. November 1st, we're going to make some big changes to the pioneer program and the price is going up. They're good changes. It's going to be cool. Uh, But the price will go up, and it will never come back down again. So thanks so much for your support, guys. Head on over to thisishomesteading.com. Get your membership subscription started before November 1st. We'll talk to you soon.